You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I hope you're having a lovely day. There are plenty of books out there claiming to show us how to ensure that our children flourish. My next guest says she's found a method that cuts through all the rest. Dr. Lee Waters is the author of The Strength Switch, How the New Science of Strength-Based Parenting Can Help Your Child and Teen Flourish. Hi, Lee. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me. You say that um, I found this really interesting at the start of your book. You're sort of explaining um, what's going on here, and you talk about how as human beings, we're wired to see the negatives in our kids before the positives. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that means? Sure. Um, I mean, one of the the biggest questions I get when I work with parents is this sort of comment of, I love my kids. I don't understand why I'm so critical of them. And um, and I've got two words for you, and that's old wiring. Early on in the evolution of our brains, our brains were wired to place more attention on the negative things in our environment than the positive things. And that's because by doing that, we could be quickly alerted to some kind of threat or harm and get ourselves out of harm's way and ensure that we survived. And so this is a really important kind of feature in our brain that, that helps us stay out of harm's way. But when you think about that feature in relation to a parent-child relationship, it's it's less helpful in that, that context of creating a positive relationship. And so even, you know, even though we love our kids so much, even if we have the brightest and sunniest personalities, everyone has this inbuilt negativity bias. It's part of the way in which our, our species survived and evolved. And what that means for us as parents is that um, our brain is wired to notice the flaws, the ticks, the quirks, the weaknesses, the shortcomings, the holes, the <laughs> gaps in our kids, you know. Yep. And it's not an indication that we don't love them. It's the way that our brain is wired. Because for me, my children are three and five, mm. so they're quite – they're in that, uh, let's say, developmental process of challenging yeah. me as a parent. Yeah. And I – That doesn't really change, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 10 and a 14-year-old, and they're still in that phase. So. Damn, damn. Yeah. Uh, let me live in hope. Yes. Um, and I do find that um, sometimes I feel that negative bias comes in when I um, I feel like I should be stopping them doing the things that mm-hmm. are negative. So let's yes. say it's they're throwing food on the floor yeah. or they're challenging me that way, mm-hmm. and I get cross with them. Yeah. And I'm caught in this thing of thinking – Partly it's my responsibility to teach them good manners. Yes, it is, absolutely. And also yeah. it's my responsibility to keep them protected. So yes. is that all feed into it as well? It does feed into it. And, and um, you know, taking a strength-based approach doesn't mean that you should not do those things. It doesn't mean that you just give your kids carte blanche to do whatever they want and, and that you, know, you shouldn't um, not stop them from throwing things on the floor. But it's, it's, a, it's a matter of proportion how much of your time as a parent and energy, what proportion is spent on spotting the good behaviour that they do and reinforcing that compared to spotting the bad behaviour um, and telling them off for that. And the other thing about a strength-based approach is in that scenario that you're just talking about is that the temptation is to say, stop throwing, stop messing. And what I encourage parents to do is to just have that little pause which is hard to do in those moments, I know. But um, the more we teach ourselves to have that pause, the more our kids also learn to do that too. But have that little pause and just think to yourself, what do I want to see instead? So rather than saying, stop yelling, stop fighting, stop messing up the floor, what do I want to see instead? Instead of stop fighting, ask your kids, hey, how about we have some cooperation here? 
instead of stop throwing things on the floor, let's see how clean you can be. I want to see you on your cleanest game. And so you're still correcting the behavior, but you're doing it from a more constructive approach. And the thing is that you're not just showing them what not to do, you're showing them a positive way forward for next time. Which is, I find that really interesting because I think what parents struggle with as well with that, and you know, I may be speaking about my husband here, (laughs) is that it does come across like you're being permissive. Right. But you're saying... It's not permissive because no. you're still you're guiding them. Yeah, you're absolutely guiding them. You're just coming from a different perspective. So they're still learning through that process that they're not allowed to f- throw food on the floor. They're still learning that they shouldn't fight. They're still learning that they need to cooperate. It's just that instead of going for what they should not do, you're showing them what they should do instead. But you're right. There, there is a, you know, that is one of the sort of fears I think of parents taking a strength based approach that. Um, they'll be too permissive or they'll create kids who have these overinflated sense of ego because all they ever get told is how wonderful they are and how, how much praise they're getting. And, and again, the reality of strength-based parenting is quite different to that because it's not about falsely praising your kids. It's about identifying the true and real and concrete positive qualities in your kids. And when you see them using those, praising those, so you're praising something that is real in a child and you're connecting your child with an inner resource and inner capacity that they know themselves they have and what you're doing is you're guiding them on how to bring this forward and how to use it in a way that is good for you and good for others so it's really not it doesn't kind of create this big-headed narcissism which we're all frightened about doing Um, what I've seen in my own research is it, it almost does the opposite because once you identify the strengths in your kids and you start to connect them with their strengths they start to see the world through a strengths lens. And so they start to understand very, very quickly that, okay, I have certain strengths. Maybe I'm kind, maybe I'm courageous, maybe I'm fair, maybe I'm good at art, but everyone has strengths. And so because they're looking at other people through a strength lens, they're not thinking I'm big headed, I'm special, I'm better than everyone else. Yeah, your strengths make you unique. Your strengths make you particularly who you are. My strengths make me particularly who I am. But it doesn't make me better than you because we both have strengths. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Dr. Lee Waters, who's the author of The Strength Switch, how the new science of strength-based parenting can help your child and teen flourish. I mean, what, Lee, what you're talking to, I mean, it says straight, what you're saying is the switch. Yes. From, it really is about turning the way we think and behave with our children. Mm. I was wondering, though, um, part of what you ask your readers to do in the book is to identify the strength in their children. And you say, which I love about anyone who says this with parenting, that it's never too late Mm, to start and to make a difference. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, is it ever too early? Because when I look at my children, Mm -hmm. even my five-year-old who started school, I see her almost like a little bit of clay that's still being moulded. And uh, I find it very hard to identify her strengths Mm or her weaknesses, because part of me thinks it's all developmental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really nice question. And so the answer is it's never too early, and I'll tell you why. Um, I I started doing strength-based parenting when I was pregnant, (laughs) before before my son was even born. How do you do that? (laughs) Well, he's 14 now and he's taller than me, but um, because the first step in strength-based parenting is for the parent themselves to understand what strengths are and to start to understand and use their own strengths. I mean, a really big part of strength-based parenting is role modeling, the use of strengths to your kids. And so in that regard, it's never too early because you start with yourself first. More specifically in relation to your question, yeah, strengths are developmental. And so 
probably around the age of four or five is when you're going to start to see the early signs of your child's strengths compared to, you know, if you've got siblings, if they've got siblings or compared to other kids. So you'll start to see a little spark in maybe a creative talent or a little bit of sporting ability that's just a little, just a slightly nudge above anyone else. Or you'll see aspects of their character to come forward. You know, you'll see some children have like an amazing capacity to focus at the age of five. Other people, other children have, uh, you know, you have a 14-year-old who has the emotional intelligence of a grown-up. So you will start to see those things and they do start to come online around the age of four or five. But our strengths, our strengths have a genetic component. That's why we we sort of, they're inbuilt, but they don't come forward without practice and effort and the environment. And so they require practice and they, they do start to grow with time. Well, if we go back to that role modelling mm. and the idea that parents need to sort of work out what their strengths are. Some people yeah. might struggle with that as well. Yeah. I mean, do you? how do you approach it in encouraging people to find their strengths? Is it about throwing words at people and they mm-hmm. can see what feels right for them? Or, I mean, do you have any tips on how people can sort of reflect on that for themselves? I do. And there's lots of different ways. And But, you know, just to, to step back to your point more fully, which is the parents starting to understand and use their own strengths. And I think that sometimes is a challenge because we weren't raised in a strength-based way. So most of us were raised by a generation of um, people who just by default thought that their their job as a parent was to raise us by improving or correcting what was wrong with us. So we, we're not accustomed to thinking about or talking about our strengths. But there are there are a bunch of different things that you can do as a parent. And one is just to use the words if um, parents want to go to my website, which is www.thestrengthswitch.com. I've got a whole word library of over 100 different strengths, which words and definitions. There are surveys that you can do, um, some that cost and some that are free, that can help you identify, well, what are my key strengths as a parent? Um, and then there are, you know, just basic things like a technique called strength spotting. And that's really once you've got the language, once you understand what a strength is, is just starting to look around in your environment, look around at your friends, at your own parents, at your siblings, at your kids, and just basic question, which is when you see them, what is the strength that underlies that behavior? And the more that you practice asking yourself that question, the more that you start to see strengths in others and the more that you start to identify, oh, that's the same as me. I have that same behavior. Maybe I have the same strength that's sitting underneath it. It's a process of learning like anything, but it's but it's absolutely worth learning. Okay. Well, I, I, I do see the attraction in it, but I, I'm going to go back to what I said in the introduction to the whole show. Mm-hmm. And that was saying, when your child is in the middle of a tantrum. Yes. <laughs> are you more likely to see their strengths or be consumed with thoughts about their negative behaviour? Yeah. Do you still use that approach when they're having an emotional meltdown? And, and if so, how, how do you find the strengths there? Mm-hmm. Such a lovely question. Um, yeah, the overall answer is yes. You should still take a strength-based approach when you're dealing with a meltdown when you're dealing with bad behaviour. But, I mean, if it's, if it's specifically a meltdown, you can't do anything and, until you've calmed them down. And so the first thing to do is hit the pause button between yourself and the child is to emotionally calm them down. And, you know, that's basic techniques like sitting with them, getting to the same height, looking them in the eye, you starting to do some deep breathing, because what we know now know with neuroscience is through these mirror neurons is that your they mimic your behavior. So if you calm yourself down first and you get down to their height and you start deep breathing and you lower your voice and you speak more slowly, this is helping them to reset their nervous system. Until they've gotten over that like immense kind of intense 
tantrum, they're not in an emotional space to be able, for you to be able to discipline them. But once you get them through that, then that's when you take in the strength-based approach. So, And that's things like just thinking to yourself, like we said before, what's the positive opposite? Um, taking a strength-based approach to discipline would be just asking yourself, okay, well, maybe, they've, maybe they're overplaying a strength here. So maybe the kids are being really rowdy and kind of out of control and so they're overplaying their zest. Um, or, you know, maybe they've been rude and they don't realise they're being rude because they're five and they're just overplaying their humour or they're underplaying kind of a lack of social intelligence. And so that's where you would start to have a conversation with them about uh, taking a strength-based approach to discipline. What are you underusing? What are you overusing? What's a strength that we know you've got? Because we've talked about this before. What's a strength that's inside of you that you think you could use to do differently next time. And what happens is that the child starts to internalise that they can control their behaviour and they can control it through their strengths rather than you always having to be that external mechanism that's nagging and saying, don't, don't, don't. Well, I won't, we can't give everything away. People need to read your book, Lee. <laughs> yeah. um, so we might wrap it up there. But thank you so much for coming in. It's so, it's so interesting and I'm going to try and flick that switch in my head flick too. Flick your strength switch. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Lee. That's Dr. Lee Waters and the strength switch is available through Penguin Random House. We'll have more details on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.